welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of The Lord of the Rings. My name is Ellen. And my name is Anna. And in today's episode, we're discussing Book 2, Chapter 7, The Mirror of Galadriel, Exploring Values in Community. Anna, I have a question for you today. I'm open. What's your question? If Kate Blanchett Mm. came up to you and said, do you want to look in my magic mirror? Could be fun, could not be fun. Mm -hmm. Would you do it? I don't know. That's a tough one, especially with what we learn in today's chapter. However, I am a relatively curious person. I feel like I would struggle to say no. Mm -hmm. I'm totally with you. I Mm -hmm. would probably regret it. Sam Gamgee style and be like, ooh, I wish I hadn't looked. Mm -hmm. But I almost, I feel like more knowledge is almost always better than less. So I would want to, I would want to take a little peek and see, uh, see what the future may or may not hold. (laughs) Right. And I think that is the piece that gives me pause because you don't know what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to then either ignore, utilize, or reasonably envelop that information into your day-to-day feels soups tricky. Yeah, there's just no way to know. There's no way to know. Some things that may not yet come to pass or whatever. It's said there, but it's very vague and... Yes. Yeah. As magic mirrors tend to be, you know, there's always some sort of vague, weird wisdom Mm -hmm. about like, should you look, should you not look? And you're just like, none of these come with better written instructions. It's probably all just like a metaphor for Instagram. Like, should you look, should you not look? (laughs) That's my hypothesis. I think that's a reasonable takeaway for Mm -hmm. uh, today's episode. In fact, scratch whatever action item I'm going to come up with, and that's today's (laughs) action item. Look at Instagram like the mirror of Galadriel. It may contain things that have not yet come to pass, and, you know, act accordingly. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. Now that you've teased what our action item may or may not be, right? how about we, we hear what story that you've brought for us today about our theme of values in community? I think today's story, I kind of struggled a little bit because I was thinking about not only values in community, but as we'll talk about in the chapter, a time when maybe my values were challenged or when I had to, I sort of surpassed a test maybe and and reaffirmed my values. So I was thinking a lot about that. And as I think about, you know, a time where values are challenged, I thought about a story that it involves a couple of people. So I will tell my side of it, knowing that that is not the full, the full story ever. But Ultimately, I was traveling with a coworker and mentor and friend, all rolled into one person, and we were at a conference, and this conference was on race and ethnicity, and we were having lots of conversations about what my understanding of the world was and to really try and push my understanding and to better sort of grapple with my own privilege. And we had a very frank conversation in which some some insights were given to me that really challenged my understanding of myself. I had thought of myself and really valued 
friendship and relationships and and I had kind of thought of myself as a good person and what was being said to me really challenged that idea about myself. In the moment, it was so hard to hear because I was really not prepared to kind of grapple with that level of self-awareness. There were a lot of tears shed on my part, and I was kind of left at the end of this conversation with the idea that I could either lean into the turbulence of that moment and step into my values and adjust and be better, or I could go through life kind of ignoring the pieces that really challenge the values that I hold and then just as a matter of convenience believe myself to be those values while all in the back of my mind knowing that I'm not quite living into the values that I I had said that I held so deeply. And so I chose the former with a lot of coaching and a lot of heartache, but it was a it was a watershed moment in my relationship with this individual, at least for me, because I realized how early I was in my journey and how much more work I needed to do to be in community with this person, to really ally with them, and to believe their stories in ways that I had thought I was doing and and just really wasn't. And so that was a really challenging decision that I needed to make, but in the moment, it was such I really felt like I stepped into what I valued about our relationship and that not only was this person willing to tell me these things, which caused some friction in our relationship, but also that they were there to sort of coach me on what the next steps were and that I felt like we had really deepened our community together and that we, from that moment, we were really able to move forward and do a lot of really great work, both personally and professionally. Those moments of self-reflection when it's not you coming to an opinion or a realization of yourself, but like somebody else leading you there Mm -hmm. can be so painful. So I really, I, I feel for you in that moment and having experienced similar moments, like it's, it's a real, it can be very jarring. Mm -hmm. It it reminds me, did you ever read the Aragon books? Yes. I don't know if you got to the final two or three but what they in the, the magic that they talk about there in your true name and how it's something that you sort of need to discover for yourself and it can be really painful to hear what your true name is because it it uncovers all of you and shows you exactly as you are with none of the pretense or the stories that you tell yourself I think about that sometimes when I have moments of realization that another person has led me to I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, a little, we're a little bit closer to my true name at this time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, right, in those moments where someone is really speaking their experience, that to, to reframe that as not an attack on your person, it's not an attack on your values, but it's really a moment of vulnerability and an opportunity to grow. And even in the moment when it can feel really gross and there's like a lot of friction, a lot of pinch points when you're trying to learn something, like being willing to acknowledge that vulnerability in someone else, I think is just so, so important. And that was something that Fortunately, the same person who was presenting me with this information was also one of the first people to really show me what 
that kind of vulnerability and that kind of learning and that kind of community building can look like. And so there was a foundation for me to draw from when presented with this sort of larger story that they were willing to share. And and had I not had that, I don't think I would have been as equipped in that moment to say, okay, these two things, these two values, these two images of myself that I hold do feel mutually exclusive, but one has led me up until this point, and I can sort of take this next step to live into that value more, or I can kind of shirk away from the moment. And, you know, my love and respect for that person was really what drew me into that next moment. And that kind of reminded me of like Sam's struggles with the mirror. Like he just, his heart is just so full of love and he's so earnest and to struggle with all of the things that he sees in the mirror, but kind of choose to then step into this journey still with Frodo and and what that means, I think is hugely a testament to his character and one that I was reflective of and hopefully was half of the person that Sam is in, in the story from today. Yeah, once again, Sam continues to be an exemplary character and model mm-hmm. of all of all of the goodness in this book so mm-hmm. uh, yeah we hate to see him sad and he is he is pretty sad at, at the end of this chapter he is distraught <laughs> and it's like really it is one of those moments of like I, I there are a lot of things going on in the world but like he's so upset about with like this wall that's being built or this like plot of land that's being the taken. The trees being ripped up and his yeah. dad has to move and it is sad. Oh, just so much heartache for mm-hmm. young Sam. I think that's a good segue then into like what what were the events of the chapter? It was a pretty short one, but there we still get some important information. It was a short chapter. It starts with the company arriving at Kalas Galadhong, City of the Galadrium, which is very beautiful and nicknamed the City of Trees. One bit that did crack me up for some reason is that they arrive at like the back of it and there there's no gate. So they're like, well, we got to walk around at the front. I'm like, shouldn't, shouldn't there be a back gate? I don't know. It seemed anticlimactic to like walk up to the back of the wall, but that's what happened. So then they go into the city and they have to climb a lot of steps. It is mentioned ahead of time that we might not all make it up the stairs in one go. So feel free to take a breather. And they meet Lord Celeborn and Galadriel, Lady of Lorien. And uh, a bit that stuck out to me is that these people are both described as grave and beautiful, which I thought was an apt description. So the company recounts their tale of everything that's happened to them up to this point. Everyone is really sad to learn that Gandalf has fallen into darkness, and they uh, sing some songs about Gandalf and his passing. The Lady Galadriel judges each member of the company. She sort of takes them into her gaze and looks into their heart and sees if they are true to their word that they're going to help Frodo in destroying the ring. Then they spend a a couple of lovely days relaxing in the city, and towards the end of their stay, Sam states that he wants to see magic. Galadriel conveniently overhears and is like, I have magic. I have a magic mirror. Come take a look. You might see something that is happening, something that might happen, something that's going to happen. 
Who knows, but if you're brave, you can look. And so both Frodo and Sam take a look. It brings up a lot of emotion, and it shows also how far Frodo has evolved with the ring, and they have a little chat about his new powers that are come to him. And that's the end of the chapter. It ends with them deciding to leave, and like I said, the the emotion of looking into the magic mirror. Well recapped. (laughs) Thank you. So that is what happened in the chapter. Where did you see examples of today's theme? Okay, well, like we said, the chapter was pretty short, so I only have three examples that really stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. So if you have additional, let me know. But one that you touched on in your recap is on page 401 in my book, where each of the company seems to be tested by the Lady Galadriel as to their values, sort of whether they're willing to stay with the group through thick and thin and certain peril, or if there's something else going on that's their true desire. And so Sam says on page 401, quote, She seemed to be looking inside me and asking me what I should do if she gave me the chance of flying back home to the Shire to a nice little hole with a bit of garden of my own. That's funny, said Mary, almost exactly what I felt myself. Only, only, well, I don't think I'll say anymore, he ended lamely. All of them, it seemed, had fared alike. Each had felt that he was offered a choice between a shadow full of fear that lay ahead and something that he greatly desired. So I think this is a pretty evident choice that they're being prompted to make, but it's interesting to me that Galadriel both is capable of sort of posing these questions and the company unquestioningly accepts that she could provide that to them. I just thought that was kind of an interesting, like, oh, yes, of course, if I said yes to the Shire, she would, like, boom, she's got, like, an elvish private jet. We'll just go right back to the Shire. And, drop like, you off. Drop you in off. your new house. Right, with this garden. Like, it is something that she can do for you. Mm-hmm. This test that she gives them sort of reminds me of what we would want a polygraph test to be, where you're somehow looking further than what someone is saying at face value, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that's that's so interesting to be able to have that ability to look deeper. Mm-hmm. And I wish we got more information on her point of view of what she found there. It's sort of hinted at that some people are staying true and she knows that the they're standing at the edge of a knife or whatever and if they stray one way or the other that the whole company is going to fail Mm -hmm. but i want more detail in what she finds in each of these people's hearts and how it relates to the the goal and the value that they've committed to in, in helping frodo well and as i was preparing for today's episode though it seems kind of like self evident maybe i wanted to know what the definition of value was. Because I think in my mind, I was making a distinction between maybe like a core value, something that makes up a person, and then a value that's maybe less less tenaciously held. So a, a value is a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. And I think what's interesting for the company is that this is a relatively new held value. 
and maybe not necessarily one that each would name explicitly had they not been more or less drafted into this company. So it's interesting that Galadriel has taken it upon herself to really confirm that this is the value you hold moving forward. So if you are here to mess about, that this is not the place for you. And I think, especially in the case of Sam, his value, you know, obviously he values his, his time at home, taking care of a garden, and, and having a quiet, peaceful life. Mm-hmm. And he, he sort of put that aside and stepped onto this path so that other people can have that. Like, he wants the Shire to stay calm mm-hmm. and peaceful and happy, and he is willing to give it up for himself so that other people can have a, a shot at that that achievement in life. Which is such a fabulous segue into the next example that I saw where Sam's values we know are, again, centered on that life and in the Shire at home. And he he wants to kind of get a glimpse of what's going on there. But ultimately, when Galadriel sort of puts that question in front of Sam, the question of going to the Shire, sticking with Frodo, he says, quote, no, I'll go home by the long road with Frodo or not at all. So we really see Sam's values, like a core value seems to be loyalty to both this quest, but most importantly to Frodo. And that really seems to supersede the value Sam holds for his own life in living in the Shire, which I think is commendable um, beyond words. Do you think Sam would be a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor? Mm. Do you know how in astrology they have like your sign and then sign rising, which is like how you deal in times of stress or something Mm. like that? Mm -hmm. My apologies to folks who know (laughs) way more about astrology than I do, but it, it appears to me that Sam is like a Hufflepuff, but like a Gryffindor rising. Mm, mm-hmm. I think I agree with that. I think he, <laughs> I think he would be sorted into Hufflepuff, yes. but he would be, or, you know, maybe he's more Neville Longbottom where he's like an aspirational Gryffindor mm-hmm. and really emerges into it. Right. I don't know. The house system is flawed. Sam Gamgee is not. Right. His final form is yet to be reached, but there's some mix of both of those two tenets of both deep-wielded courage and also a very shared loyalty for those in your life that you're close to. Yeah, really just immense loyalty. And I, I don't know, I, I just, as we're talking more in this book and diving in deep to all of the moments of friendship and community we see, I am just really struck by how loyal the the three hobbits are to frodo it is mm-hmm. truly unbelievable the lengths that they go to for this friendship i think that's really interesting too because we didn't get a lot of relationship building mm-hmm world building stuff early in the book so it's not like we have all of these shared memories perhaps that frodo does or that mary pippin and sam do of like what ho all the good times we had back in the shire and what with the pranks and the you know whatever mm-hmm. so it it does appear that so much of their friendship is really being like forged and fleshed out Mm -hmm. in this moment of crisis at least as far as we know as readers which i think is kind of an interesting way to understand their relationships Mm -hmm. yeah definitely okay and then the last example i have is on page 
So we're 409 or 410, I should say, and 411, where Frodo offers the ring to the Lady Galadriel, who indicates that she would like the ring, but ultimately denies it, choosing to remain herself. Um, and she says, quote, I passed the test, she said. I will diminish and go into the West and remain Galadriel. And then also on page 411, she sort of states that she understands that she could take the ring and things like maybe would be fine, but it's the keeping of the ring that would destroy her. And so she sort of chooses her own values in, in remaining herself over whatever power she could get from the ring, which I think is really interesting because we don't see a lot of characters able to make that choice. And it's interesting because it means that she is, in some ways, sacrificing her community because she will, they will not be able to keep Lothlorien as it is without mm -hmm. the power of the rings. Right. Again, I'm just so curious as to how the Lady Galadriel has come to all of this and, like, Celeborn, nowhere to be found in all of these conversations. Yeah, he doesn't really seem to have a good grasp on things. No. He was the one who, like didn't quite know where Gandalf was and he was like oh maybe the plans changed and she's like no the plans didn't change right read the room <laughs> so sir something has happened negative yes but he doesn't have the ring so I guess he just he doesn't he doesn't know he's he's not he's not quick on the uptake is what I'm gathering from this he's just grave and beautiful right right mm -hmm. someone should be but like also like now is not the time sir you need to you need to figure this out a little bit quicker sometimes when i put on an outfit that i really like i think to myself all shall love me and despair <laughs> <laughs> that's such a mood to bring to whatever you're gonna wear in the office that day yeah it is i would really i would really recommend channeling scary Kate Blanchett for <laughs> for your um, the, the days that you really want to power dress you know I so it's funny you say that because as I was reading this chapter I was like do I need my own ring of adamant do I need some elven jewelry to really accomplish full Lord of the Rings fanship <laughs> Um, so I did a bit of Etsying and did find some interesting options, but have not yet purchased for myself. Uh, this is Nenya. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, keep an eye out. Mm -hmm. I fully support it, of course. Of course. So those are my three examples. Did you see any additional in the chapter? Yes, I did see another example. On page 403, mm -hmm. they are talking about the elves singing about Gandalf. And Legolas was not interpreting the songs for them. And the, the quote is, quote, saying that he had not the skill and that for him the grief was still too near, a matter for tears and not yet for song. And I guess it's, it's sort of a value there that Legolas just doesn't feel like it's quite time for singing. And he's he's placing a higher value and believing that it's not yet appropriate for for him as someone so close to Gandalf to be in song. Kind of reminds me of the Regency mourning periods where depending on how close the person was to you, you had to wear black for so long and then go into half mourning for so long. And kind of that value of how to behave after someone's death 
And I felt that Legolas was showcasing a little bit of that in, in that moment. And I think we're learning a little bit too, like maybe that is culturally specific because it does seem like Frodo is looking for song as a measure of healing or as a way to process grief. And so it is kind of an interesting, maybe conflict is probably too strong a word, but that there is a little bit of a friction there between their two maybe held values, and yet they're able to to navigate that with some rationality so that both can, can process and can grieve appropriately without totally overstepping each other's bounds. I really liked Sam's morning song. I thought Frodo's was fine, but I liked Sam's about the fireworks. It just felt it felt more homegrown and mm-hmm. more true to his his relationship and his opinion of Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Try sing it for you. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, I'll I, listen. I won't, but I just like that Sam was like. If you do have another go, I hope you'll say a word about his fireworks. Something like this. But um bum 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 and then goes into <laughs> the finest rockets ever seen. That's the right. bursting stars of blue and green. <laughs> like a little Like everybody's jazz got their morning songs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Sam's was just really wholesome, so it was. <laughs> and I think it's how Gandalf would want to be remembered mm-hmm. by Shire folk because he wasn't this like very grim sort of harbinger of things to come mm-hmm. for for much of the community. He was just kind of like this cheeky wizard who would get into pranks. An old man. He had fireworks. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. That's where I saw values in in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And also my favorite relationship. Guess who's hanging out more? Gimli and Legolas. <laughs> The bromance continues. The bromance continues. Yeah, they started hanging out more here, and everyone's like, wow, I'm so surprised to see that Gimli is going off and hanging out with Legolas as he meets other elves. And I just want everyone to know that I fully support it. I just love the idea of, like, Legolas lightly, you know, and lithely making his way through the elven woods and then like along behind him clomping is like a very stalwart Mm -hmm. grounded Gimli Mm -hmm. and they're just like, what an odd pair, Mm -hmm. but here they are together. (laughs) It's like Ron Swanson and Leslie Nope. Legolas is Leslie Nope and Gimli is Ron Swanson. (laughs) Yes, there's always a curmudgeon that is a nice offset to uh, just a very eager, very earnest person. Joyful, (laughs) running over the snow. Oh, my light feet can carry me to chase the sun. (laughs) Gimli's just like, as he goes through the snow. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. (sighs) So yeah, I I just wanted to point that out, that I was pleased to see it coming coming to fruition this chapter, as we we know Mm -hmm. it will. Great. Well, thank you for really leading our chapter discussion today and taking us through all the themes that we saw, as well as some of our favorite parts from the chapter. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear what action item that you brought for us this week along our theme of values. Sure. So in addition to being mindful about what Instagram is to each and every Mm. one of us, 
uh, my action item is just to lean into the turbulence when someone is providing you, maybe putting up a mirror to some of your actions and how they've impacted them. If you, if you lean into that moment, I really feel like it allows you to deepen your community with that person and to respect their vulnerability while also, you know, receiving a chance to grow. So that's, that's my action item and, and shout out to a mentor at Madison, Dr. Hazel Simonette, who uh, really coined this phrase for me. Thank you for that. I loved your, both your, your action item and a half. (laughs) Right. One a bit more serious than Mm -hmm. the other, but nevertheless important. Yes. Today's podcast was brought to you by Clumsy Dwarf Bows and a Contrite Celeborn. Our music is by Robert Zahn and Simon Dom. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in fellowship. I don't know about you, but I have that, um, the like time stop set up on my social media where it's like, oh, you've reached your limit for today. And at this point, I just blow through it. I'm like, <laughs> no more limit for today. And then I just get back. <laughs> like, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> I refuse to be bowed to this phone. But at the same time, like, being bound to the phone. Right. That's right. Yeah, no, I have my phone in Spanish as I'm trying to practice my language skills. And so I know absolutely how to say ignore the limit for today mm-hmm. <laughs> in Spanish. Should I ever need to to communicate that, that to another individual in, uh, in conversation somewhere? That's right. <laughs>